Are we good? Mm -hmm. oh. oh, wow. Thank you all for coming out to the first uh, Village Pathers. Um, I'm delighted that you're here. Thank you for making the trip to Palmyra. Thank you. This is the first one? This is the first one. Well, cool. When, <laughs> when we did the Living Tradition series in Abingdon, you were on that first series, too. Oh, yeah. So, thank you, Wendy. Um, I just wanted to tell you um, that um, Gerald Anderson and Spencer Strickland are going to be here on March 27th. They're also on the Crooked Road. Um, ben Krakauer used to be banjo player with Old School Freight Train. He's going to be here on April 17th. And then we've got a bunch of other stuff coming up. So please tell people because if you're not here, then they won't be here. And I want to introduce my partner, uh, John Lohman. He's got a big grin on his face. He's my next door neighbor. And he's he's got another introduction. And I get to introduce these these folks here. I, I uh, thank you all for coming. This is exciting. Our first concert here in Palmyra. Hopefully, we'll have many many more. And uh, I've been in the position of uh, state state folklorist since 2001. I've get to introduce a lot of great musicians. I think I've introduced Wayne more than anybody. Uh, we, we've done it up in Maine and Massachusetts and Washington, D.C. and lots of times here in Virginia. It's great to introduce Wayne because there's so many things always to say about Wayne. Uh, he's such an accomplished guy. You know, he's a, a National Heritage Fellow, which is the highest honor that the United States government uh, bestows upon a traditional artist. What do you think of that? And that's and, uh, Wayne uh, tells a great story. Uh, some of you have probably heard it about the the uh, the first guitar he ever made, where he actually used the bottom a piece of wood from from his uh, mother's uh, chest of drawers, the bottom drawer he got, and made this uh, you know didn't really know what he was doing, and he used this glue that his father uh, told him he saw <laughs> from that they use on trucks, this black glue, and he kind of put this thing together. This very and it, uh, he said in the, when summer came, it just sort of blossomed like a you know a flower, and uh, to think that. To go from there, you know, in the little town of Rugby, Virginia, uh, to something about 30 years later, he's uh, there in the nation's capital with Hillary Clinton, actually, uh, presenting him with a National Heritage Award, I think is really an incredible story. And uh, Wayne's uh, very, becoming a very famous guy. See, here he's on the cover of a Virginia Living magazine. And I think there's a centerfold inside here, Wayne. <laughs> I think that's the, the garden varieties. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think you Crow, know that crows will bring back stuff they got last year. <laughs> and he's he's a he's a focus of a of a, uh, a New York Times bestselling book. Uh, he's he's been on Nightline. He's been all over the place. He was dating Madonna for a while, which was interesting. <laughs> uh, and he's just a very accomplished she uh, she fella. Wasn't particular. And but the thing about. Uh, <laughs> But what I would say about Wayne is, I remember the first time I met Wayne, uh, I came to his house, uh, his shop down there in Rugby, and, uh, unannounced. I don't know, he probably doesn't remember this because he has so many people coming in, but I, I just showed up, never met him before, and he, you know, showed me his guitars and stuff, and, and I didn't have anywhere to spend the night, as is often the case when I'm on these trips, and Wayne said, well, you can stay here. And I spent the night at Wayne's house, and uh, in the morning, he had somewhere to go. He had to go to Independence for, for some show or something, and he just said, well, you know, just let yourself out when you want to go out, you know, and he just left, and I'm in this house with, you know, tens of thousands of dollars worth of guitars and, and things, and we had just met, and he's just that kind of guy, uh, he's just one of the, you know, most hospitable people uh, that we've ever met, so it's nice to have him, have him here, and then Helen, 
uh, White, who's, uh, you know, as you'll see, a wonderful performer and wonderful singer and, and also one of the great educators. I'd say along her and, and maybe Emily Spencer, the two people I think of in Southwest Virginia who've done so much to really um, make sure to pass this music on to the younger generation. Uh, Helen was responsible for starting a program called the JAM program, uh, Junior Appalachian Musicians uh, in the schools. And maybe she'll tell you about that a little bit later in the show here. So uh, what a treat. Wayne Henderson and Helen White. Make them feel better. Right. Thank you. Appreciate that. Lots of times uh, when we go out and play, if it's a big old auditorium or what, Helen, it won't be anything too fancy. It'll be just like we're sitting in a living room picking. And that's about what it'll be exactly here. You know. <laughs> <laughs> No set list. No. <laughs> we'll talk amongst ourselves, figure out what we're going to play next, and that sort of thing. Let's do uh, play a couple of tunes like we like to play first. Lots of one learn from uh, Doc Watson, who's a favorite player of mine, and lives pretty close by, and we see him once in a while. Tune that he recorded back in the 60s, and I learned it off one of his records. One called he called it nothing to it. Appreciate that. Lost and getting excited. He, had too many margaritas. Just, if he's never seen a woman in a skirt before. Oh, right? <laughs> I've never seen Alan try to sit on a stool in a skirt. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it's bad enough to try to make balance. I had a stool here so I can keep my foot right. But I don't know what she's going to do. Uh, Appreciate Lawson letting me borrow his new guitar here. I always uh, take them out and try them out, usually, you know, before we give them to folks. And, and uh, 
it's uh, actually been done about a month or so, hasn't it? Maybe more. And Helen's playing mine that I usually, I, I usually, I've had an old beat up guitar, the same one I've played for about 30 years, and got around to number 400. One, and I thought I might keep that one myself. I hadn't had a new guitar in 30 years, and, <laughs> and I made it sort of fancy so I can show people my work when I go places. But that so much inlay, I get all messed up, and I can't tell where I'm at on the finger. <laughs> And this is all hand carved, hand designed. You designed this pattern, what, 25 yeah, years ago? Yeah, probably 25, maybe 30 years ago. Uh, but I had kept the paper. I drew the pattern on, and I thought that was a way too much trouble to saw out. And I thought, well, for guitar number 400, I'd sit down and do it. And I got about 30 hours in the inlay job in the fingerboard. Well, Helen's picking that one tonight. She has one, too. But, uh, out my fancy in case anybody wants to look at my work later. And I'll do a tune now that uh, that people like uh, being a you know raised away back in the sticks and rugby down there. Uh, you know, there's always been people like John Lowman that comes around and from uh, arts people. And one time the uh, our local craft co-op, the rooftop of Virginia down in Galax, would come up and and uh, you know, have us go travel to Richmond or Washington maybe to demonstrate my craft. And uh, the Smithsonian saw some of my guitars one time and they sent me to, uh, that very next year, they sent me to Montreal, Canada, where the, they'd had the World's Fair there in 67 and the Smithsonian kept a pavilion running for about five years that had a, a you know, like a, the, uh, like a festival that went on all summer and they sent me up there one time and I got I met there's all kinds of musicians come there and, play, and I met uh, Elizabeth Cotton and if you ever, if you ever heard tell of her and uh, she was an old blues lady that wrote the tune Freight Train when she was 11 years old and every guitar player from Chet Adkins on down I think has recorded that tune sometime and I'll try to pick that for you but the strange thing I didn't know how she played I knew how wonderfully she played. I'd heard, you know, tapes or records or something. And, but she played a guitar strung like this one. And she turned it over and played left-handed. And she did that stuff, that thumb-style rhythm with her little finger on her left hand with a guitar turned up. Wow. And it was just, you just sit and watch her do it. You couldn't believe it was coming out of that guitar. <laughs> I don't know how she did it. Anyway, this is her most famous tune. And uh, it's called Freight Train.
Thank you. Uh, we we like to play tunes from the Carter family, which is down sort of in our neck of the woods, and and uh, Helen does a good job singing a lot of their songs. And you'll do one up. Quite a bit. This one, Are You Tired of Me, My Darling? Or Answer Only With Your Eyes? I think that's one actually AP, I think, wrote himself. He was famous for going around collecting songs. And we, we saw the play, the Keep on the Sunny Side. If you ever, I don't know if ever saw that. At the, we saw it over at the Barter Theater in Abington. And uh, it was really good. If it ever comes around, I recommend seeing it for sure. And they did take it on the road, so something that was important. Anyway, they did this song, and uh, in a way it sounded like uh, AP actually wrote this one, I think.
recently got to uh, go out on a, a tour called the Crooked Road down where we live. There's a Crooked Road comes through there, and it's a they call it Virginia's Music Heritage Trail and Heritage Music Trail, and and uh, it's been getting us an awful lot of attention here lately. You know, we get to do a lot of stuff around home. They actually had a tour that went all the way to California. We played in in uh, all up in uh, Montana and uh, Idaho and, and uh, Oregon, and all around out there, and all through California. And it was a pretty exciting thing. We we redid that show last night down in Galax, and uh, that was a fun thing to do. The whole crew of us that were out on that tour did the same show down in Galax, and and uh, the seemed like the thing that I remember the most that that happened there. We played in Rexburg, Idaho, and at the Brigham Young, uh, you know, a branch of their university that's there. And uh, I guess they're sort of conservative. <laughs> I, I really, I really didn't know that, but uh, but but they they sent they sent out a scout the night before to watch our show and, uh, to make sure everything was okay. And they had two they had two issues with the show, and one of them was a joke that I told about about a preacher. And uh, the other one was Martha Spencer's skirt was too short, which I thought there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> and, uh, but uh, I'll tell you, I'll tell you all that story that I told about my uncle, that's a preacher. And uh, see, if, I, I just didn't think it was that bad at all. But uh, he's a, I was told about my uncle, who's a pretty famous old-time Baptist preacher, and what he's famous for is preaching on any subject. You could uh, mention anything. You could mention, you know, that camera over or the door or anything like that. And he'd, he would make a sermon out of it. He was famous, famous for being able to do that. And uh, one Sunday morning, he was uh, getting ready to go to church, and his wife asked him, what are you going to preach about this morning? And he said, I'm going to preach about horseback riding and relate it to the gospel and preach a sermon about it. He said, you can't do that. He said, you don't know anything about it. And uh, that sort of made him a little bit mad because you know I'm famous for I can preach about anything. That you, you know, you know I'm famous for that. And said she said you can't do that. Said you don't know a doggone thing about horseback riding. <laughs> and uh, said if you're going to do that, I'm going to stay at the house. You'll embarrass me. <laughs> and he said well, you have it. You that's you go right ahead. You stay at the house if you want to. But that's what I'm going to do. And so he took off to church, and she stayed at the house. While he was driving to church, he got to thinking, you know, she's right. You know, I, I don't know anything about that. I, that's one I'd probably better not, I'd better not try. But he, but he had to come up with something, so he fell back on the reliable subject of sex and marriage and that sort of thing, you know. He didn't have to practice a lot to preach about that. And uh, so that's what he did. And I think he laid it on hot and heavy that morning, too. And... Uh, his wife, she had stayed at home and decided after church, you know, she went out to the supermarket to get stuff for dinner that night. And she was in the supermarket, and sure enough, when church let out, about three ladies out of the congregation came in that same store and run right into the preacher's wife. And they went right up to her and said, you know, you should have been at church this morning. said, your husband preached one of the finest sermons I've ever heard him do. And she said, well, I don't know how in the world he did. He don't know a thing about it. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and the best, best I can remember, I don't think he ever tried it, but twice. 
Because one time before we was married and one time after. <laughs> and said, said, you know, he fell off both times. <laughs> <laughs> Play one more guitar, Kim, yeah. and maybe you can get to get to. Can you get to your fiddle? <laughs> you can't move off the stool. Stop it. Oh, that's right. I've got a roadie no, fiddle is the very first one I ever made. I've never made many fiddles. Never made but two, but that's the very first one I ever made. And I didn't have a, didn't have a lot of patterns and all sorts of things. Come in, folks. And uh, there was, uh, I think I was uh, hard up for a Christmas, Christmas present for for Helen one year and didn't know. I thought, well, she played fiddle and I had never made one, sort of wanted to anyway, but it was about five days till Christmas. And, uh, I didn't have any patterns or forms or anything, but I had a Stradivarius book and I knew what a fiddle looked like. And, uh, so I just started carving and whittling and got that done. T turned out pretty good for the very first one. And, and uh, She's been playing it ever since. And, uh, pretty good sounding fiddle. Anyway, that's a, that's a story. I don't know. 
don't know what's going to happen if the word gets out that you can build an instrument in five days. Yeah. <laughs> Mess up my whole reputation. <laughs> plays uh, an old tune called Leather Breaches real good. My dad used to play that some and a fellow that I learned a lot of stuff from and, and a mentor, uh, Albert Hash, come from the mountains down there and he, I played this tune thousands of times with him probably and he, we played in a band together for a long time. <laughs> Helen does a wonderful job, just about like old Albert. Leather Breaches. Old enough to play some chords behind his fiddle, and he would—he'd love to 
he would quit work or anything else long enough to play a few tunes. And, uh, and uh, he would, uh, but when I'd start picking out a little too much stuff, he'd shake that fiddle bow and say, boy, play chords, or we're, we're supposed, to, supposed to play chords and make the fiddlers sound good, you know. And, uh, and so I, if I wanted to learn that tune, old leather breeches or ragtime Annie or something like that, I'd have to go out in the woodshed and uh, practice, you know, on that. But I heard this tune so much, I learned some of them. I think that's where the term woodshedding comes from. Maybe, I've always heard that. And, uh, Any men that have never lived with a uh, beginning fiddler or even a beginning anything understands the term woodshed. You gotta go out in the woodshed. They can't hear you. Helen also writes some beautiful stuff. And uh, one of my favorite fiddle tunes, pretty much, is one that she wrote. It's a waltz. And uh, sometimes uh, we play for weddings and things like that. And uh, sometimes she will uh, write a waltz for the bride. And this is one that she did. The, the wedding was in April, and she called it the April Bride. So here it is.
Quentinho. It's always a good excuse to finish something when there's an event that has an actual date that it has to... sing that step thing tune. Okay. That's sort of a parlor tune, didn't say, or would this, yeah, would this sort actually, of be in a parlor? That's what yeah, we'd be doing <laughs> I think it comes out of the late 1800s, and it's, I found it on the internet um, as the old step stone. And the version I play is kind of the popular version of the tune that was popularized by Woody Guthrie during the, the great migrations as people were leaving their homes looking for work in greener pastures. But actually it was collected in the mountains of North Carolina by Bascom Lamar Lunsford. So it's, it's had lots of folk process done to it and it's a beautiful tune.
do another tune. I played one a while ago from one of my favorite uh, old ladies that was such a good guitar player. And here's another one from another one of my favorite guitar players. One of my earliest ones I remember is one from Maybelle Carter. This one, she played a lot on Art of Heart, but she also played it on that old L5 sound too. It's called the Cannonball Blue. thumb picking there, some, some of my favorite things to do comes to kind of guitar playing. I always tell these little stories and tales that happen around Rugby. but Helen don't like for me to tell this one much, but she, uh -oh. says, she says I'm going to get in uh, trouble with the authorities of some sort, but, but uh, here lately I just had fun telling about when me and my brother had to go out and look for a part. My favorite toy that I have at home is a 1957 Thunderbird. It's a real nice old car and it runs good, but it's hard to find parts and pieces for it. And uh, somebody told me about a good junkyard where they had parts to old cars like that. And uh, and so I went down there, got got my brother to go with me and, and uh, we'd uh, walked around there and found a the old fella that had the junkyard, and he said, well, what we do here, uh, you just, you know, go out and uh, amongst all those old cars out there in the field and find your part and take it off and bring it back here and pay for it. And that seemed pretty cool, that's what we did. And so we got to look around all those old cars and everything. And, and we'd, uh, when we got out there, there's sort of awful lot of weeds and grass growing up there, and my brother's awful afraid of snakes. And <laughs> couldn't hardly get him to do anything, but, watch where he was stepping. And I, I walked around in front of an old car and I looked over and there was a big sinkhole, big, big, deep, dark hole. And I just wondered how in the world deep is that thing? You couldn't see the bottom, anything at all. And I picked up a rock about that big, 
tossed over in that hole and never did hear it hit the bottom. <laughs> and uh, it was really curious then, and I told my brother, there was a tr transmission laying there, big old transmission, and it had a shaft running out both ends of it. I told my brother, won't you get on the other end of that shaft, and I'll get on this one, and I think we can lift that thing, both of us, and we'll get it to swinging, and we'll we'll toss that thing in there, and, said, <laughs> and we'll find out how deep that hole is. <laughs> and so we, we did the best we could, and we picked that thing up, and got it swinging, counted off a count of three, and give that thing a big toss over in there, and started listening. Still didn't hear anything, but what I did hear was something behind me. And I turned around and looked, and here come, running smack dab right at me, was a goat, a big one, that, a white, solid white goat, about that big, and had, it had, had horns that long. And that thing looked like it was absolutely going to run over me. And uh, they're getting me for sure, and he was—he just kept coming right at me, and so I sort of sidestepped him a little bit, and he missed me, but he kept going, down by me, and jumped in that big hole. That beat all I'd ever seen in my life. And I was looking at my brother, wondering what in the world got into that goat. <laughs> that. And uh, we stand there still thinking about that, and the old junkyard fella come out there to see if we found their part. And. Uh, and he said, by the way, have you seen my goat? <laughs> and he said, was it a, a big white goat with long horns? And he said, yeah. He said, well, I saw him, but said, you ain't going to believe what he done. So that goat come, almost ran over me, almost ran smack over me, and I just dodged him, and he went and jumped in that big dark hole there. And he said, that couldn't have been my goat. He said, I had him tied to a big truck transmission. <laughs> <laughs>
sweet Georgia brown. How, how long are we supposed to pick for a set here? Or? That's, that's up to you, Wayne. And, well, I didn't look what time we started or don't people uh, get... We started, you started a little after 7.30. Yeah, well, it's a little after 8.30, I guess so. Uh, we play another 10 or two or something. Gonna take a little bit of a break and... and uh, I fiddle one? Yep, get, get the fiddle out. And appreciate y'all coming out and just such a good good time. It's a size audience we love to pick for. Uh, and, uh, it's these microphones that are making me nervous. Yeah, I, think I know. I <laughs> that computer in the back room. Such a good people listen to you. We love to play, no matter what size of the crowd. I could tell uh, really one time uh, there's we played at this big, pretty fancy auditorium. Real, really a nice place, and had you know curtains open. You know when come <laughs> out and all that kind of stuff, and, and uh, we got ready. You know, got all fixed and. Was all there ready to pick and open the curtain? There was one person sitting on the front row. <laughs> one, one guy come to, and I sort of started a little bit, but I said we're we're professional players here, and unless we're going to put you on a show just the same as there was, you know, seven hundred people in here, we're going to, we're going to put on our show for you and and make sure you have a good time. And he looked around and said, well, "Get on with it, Shorty. I got to clean this place up." <laughs> 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 okay. There's always something new. <laughs> I figured Lawson had heard all this. Oh yeah, another one of my guitar heroes. Have you ever heard any of those old Skillet Liquors records? Uh, there was a guy, their guitar player was a blind guy. Another wonderful guitar player who was blind, and his name was uh, Riley Puckett. And uh, he played some strange-looking picking lick with his thumb and finger, some way. But he done this wonderful backup guitar stuff, and they always must have put the microphone close to him because he came through on everything. And a lot of those old-time records I think it probably had one microphone and, uh, anyway he's one of my guitar heroes and I'll try to throw in a few runs like and he, he had, a, had a funny lick with a thumb pick you say yeah, thumb and finger <laughs> it looked like that sort of and, uh, anyway Helen does a good job playing an old tune called North Carolina Breakdown
play another tune and uh, take All a right. little bit of a break, and then we'll come come back and hope nobody runs off. We'll play the, we'll play the rest play the rest of the tunes we know. <laughs> Appreciate y'all coming, Polly. Thank you so much for letting us come to your thank living you. room. Try to redeem ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ragtime Annie or something that, like that. That's a good old time tune. That's one my dad and Albert played all the